And we are back for the final home stretch CFL free agent frenzy 2023 here on the Canadian football countdown. We've been live for seven hours and counting here. We're wrapping it up around eight. Uh, CFL free agency officially opened uh, at noon Eastern time today, about five hours ago. A lot of news has come in. We've had a lot of special guests come in, in and out throughout the afternoon to uh, tell us about everything going on with the teams they cover. Uh, and now we're back for the final home stretch. Uh, Ryan Coop, Michael Garrell, Trey Colback, the three of us here to close things out here. And we're going to take a look at uh, let's let's talk, let's wrap things up. Let's do a wrap up for day one. Uh, you know, CFL free agency does not end today. So surely players left on the board, teams that maybe haven't made a ton of moves yet. There's plenty of time for them to still do so before the season kicks off there. But uh, we're going to have to, uh, you know, wait to see how the rest of that played out, plays out. Uh, but let's talk winners and losers based on what we've seen from day one. For each of you, who is the number one? Uh, what Which team made the best moves from what we've seen here today? Let's go to you here first, Mike. I am so glad you went to me first because you had this like a major league baseball pitcher giving me a fastball right down the middle to hit for a grand slam. Uh, that answers the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is the big winner today. And, uh, yeah, so uh, the Riders picking up Trevor Harris, uh, a couple of other receivers today, pitching that offensive line. Pretty good for a winner on day one of free agency. Um, I, I, I like Trevor Harris. Now we understand why Trevor Harris wanted out of Montreal. If he knew what we found out today, um, pretty good for me. The only... I believe they're returning most of their running backs too uh, from last year. Uh, Jamal Morrow and uh, Frankie Hickson. Sorry, I'm having trouble reading that. Frankie Hickson. Um, pretty good. They fixed their offensive line. Still a, lot, a little bit of a ways to go. Um, I actually love their D line on paper as well. Um, even though it only shows right now a couple of guys, but Again, Saskatchewan upgraded where they needed to upgrade. And, again, I, I really see a massive uh, turnaround here. They could win two or three more games than they did last year. And if they do that, that's good enough to get them in the playoffs. Yeah, the Riders are a team that needed to come out today and uh, improve the offensive line the most. And, uh, you know, Peter Godber and Philip Blake are two good additions to that crew there. I want to see, you know, if they're going to make additional moves because they did let a lot of guys go through free agency, did rotate through a lot of guys here as well. Uh, but I do like uh, those additions there. You know, there weren't a ton of options available at quarterback for the Riders. So Trevor Harris uh, is, I think, the best of the ones available to them. Uh, getting Jake Winicky in, that could be a receiver that, uh, you know, Jake Winicky, Sean Bain, Jawan Breskison. I think their receiving core takes a step back from the likes of Shaq Evans, Kyron Moore, Duke Williams, et cetera, a little bit. But I think if those guys were on the way out, these are still decent pieces uh, there that they've added as well. What do you think here, Trey, uh, on what the Riders have done today? Would you consider them a winner of free agency as well? If I'm going to go with Mike's baseball reference, I consider what Saskatchewan did maybe a 
single. Like, geez, man, you want to call that a grand slam? Well, Trevor Harris is a grand slam walk off. No, no, man. Yeah, I, I, it's, I don't think there is a real clear winner today. I think a lot of moves have been made over the last month. You know, if we want to look at that way there's like I, I call Hamilton the winner over the last month from locking up the best quarterback that was available this offseason Saskatchewan I guess got the next best one in Trevor Harris but I wouldn't call it a grand slam man I don't know if I had to Waller coming to Winnipeg's pretty big and being able to fit him under salary cap there's a lot of mini winners I don't know if there's I can honestly say there's one big winner today but the big loser I, I I, I really appreciate that our last guest was a Montreal guy. That's a good way to wrap it up. But I have to say Montreal is just the big losers, man, like for how everything's going. And I just, I, it's, it's sad to see this was, this was the team, the Calvillo team. You know what I mean? This was, you know, this, the Montreal for a long time is what the Stampeders and Blue Bombers are now. Right. And to see them now be, and when we're talking with Ryan earlier, you guys were talking about how the Stampeders have never really had a bad year. And if they did, they still found a way to win. Right. So it's just sad to see Montreal this way, but free agency wise, I hope they pick it up. And like you also said, Ryan, this Ryan that we have now with us, not the big beard lumberjack one, um, you know, it doesn't end today. It's the free agency isn't just the eight hours that us idiots decided to have a podcast. It, it, it goes all the way until kickoff. And even after kickoff, you can still sign free agents. Right. So there's a lot of work to do. We saw a lot of receivers, I kept seeing on Twitter that I guess Walters was talking a lot to Bailey, you know, he's him coming back to Winnipeg apparently isn't off the table, you know, or I get it's geez, if I don't even want to know where the salary cap is coming from anymore in Winnipeg, man, like beers are going to be $30 this year to pay for that. Those fines, man, you know, oh, I don't know, but yeah, the losers Montreal and I'll say five teams share the win for me. It was a dead heat for me. We're going to go horse racing, man. Uh, you mentioned that it's interesting. The Bombers are a team that uh, only has two new moves uh, as of today. And one of them being one of the biggest, Kenny Waller, with that, uh, you know, that huge addition at wide receiver. They did bring in Jacob Janke on, uh, I think, a, a week or a couple weeks ago at the linebacker position there also as a move. But uh, for the Bombers, for the most part, bringing back pieces they already had. The Argos, a team much the same that has uh, re-signed a lot of their pieces from, you know, their run to the Grey Cup last season. Uh, but they did add in some key additions uh, in Darius Rackleflair and Arimelade, Jordan Williams, you know, uh, focusing on the offensive line, the defense there for the Argos. You said Montreal's the loser of the day, obviously being, you know, taken over by the CFL is a big question mark for them going forward. Given all the concerns we had going in, I think they actually did an, an all right job today. I think bringing in Justin Lawrence on the O-line, Greg Ellingson at wide receiver, you know, uh, they made the most of what they was left basically at the quarterback position. I think the Alouettes actually did an all right job given all of the question marks around, um, given what they, you know, had coming into today. For me, the big winner has to be the Hamilton Tiger Cats, James Butler, Duke Williams, Joel Figueroa, all of these great defensive linemen, Jameer Thurman, like those are some excellent pieces. They got Bowie by Mitchell in at quarterback uh, for this year as well. Seems like the tie cats are loading up and I, I think they're the winner on paper for me in terms of the biggest flashy moves of the day. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out when they hit the field uh, coming up, uh, you know, when the season starts there. 
Um, Edmonton, I like what they did at wide receiver. think they need to do a little bit more on the offensive line there. Uh, Mike, who's your loser for the day? Which team do you wish you would have seen more from here? You know, it's it's hard for me to define loser right now, but I would suggest if you if you're looking at day one, it's a tie right now between the Stampeders, I guess, and the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats, who I don't know if their PR staff is sleeping a little bit, but I've only seen one uh, confirmed signing. Um, well, the Tiger Cats um, have brought in all of these major pieces here, Mike. No, but I'm I'm saying today. If you're saying on day one, they could bully by Mitchell. Um, his bully by Mitchell was before, right? Bo was before, but James, but like all the rest of these players are all players that have been signed today. They yeah, may not have been officially announced yet. Yeah, none none of them have been officially announced. I'm saying in general, what has been officially announced. Um, okay, yeah, maybe, yeah, that, yeah. No, I'm just going by what's been announced, and I'm only looking, and there's only been one announced so far. So, I mean. We understand. I understand that Hamilton has what's coming, um, but again, as of right now, like on their actual roster, um, for for me now, granted that's probably going to change uh, in the next few days. Um, but one thing, if I could add, would be, I'm a little bit surprised that Rasheed Bailey hasn't signed yet. Um, to my knowledge, I'm, I'm looking up here as we're, as we're talking, um, it's kind of been quiet on that front, which I find a little bit interesting. Yeah. I, I, wonder, think, I wonder if the talks with Winnipeg, like, is he trying, are they trying everything to do to keep him here? You know what I mean? If I saw that, if it's true that he's talking to Walters late last night, is he trying everything to do? Cause he wants to stay here, but it's just the money's not there, you know? I mean, do you guys not find that a little bit funny? Normally, I'm, yeah. I, to me, I see what the thing I see at wide receiver is all the biggest names have been taken off the board. You know, teams uh, were looking to make that big splash. Maybe they're comparing some of these other pieces to what they have under contract right now and thinking, I need to focus on one of these other spots, like shoring up the O-line, you know, some spots on the defense there. So uh, that's not... It's not too shocking to me to see a, a name like that not sign on day one. Uh, you know, the, he wants to explore his options and maybe teams need some time uh, to settle based on other moves they've been making all day long. Or maybe we're just waiting for them to, you know, come into the CFL offices, uh, the transactions on the board there. If I were to give a loser free agency for today, I don't know, would the BC Lions be considered a team we could talk about there? I mean, they haven't done much. They lost Nathan Rourke to free aid or to the NFL. They lost Brian Burnham to retirement. Uh, James Butler to free agency going over to Hamilton. Joel Figueroa, Peter Godber, two mainstays on their O-line. Obam Guacham, a free agent on the D-line. Uh, they had to trade Jordan Williams away because he wanted to go closer to home. Haven't, you know, found a guy to come in and fill for him there uh, and a couple pieces going out at defensive back there as well. They really haven't brought much in. Sure. They get a backup QB and Dom Davis, you know, Tavian Feaster could be a potential running back player for them there. Justin McKinnis, 
I'd probably say the biggest moves, Justin McInnes, a Canadian wide receiver, but they've already got Javon Katoy, so I don't think he's a massive upgrade there. Michael Couture and Chris Schluger on the offensive line, potentially the biggest moves there. I think the Lions are a team that's lost more than they've gained so far in free agency and in a very tight West division. You know, uh, I, I think they need to bring more pieces in to help set Vernon Adams Jr. up for success. Uh, what do you think on the Lions uh, and what they've done today, Trey? I'm content with what they've done. You know, okay. I don't think they've, you know, again, it's tough to look at today because how many little things have we heard over the last week or two, but I think they're going to be okay. Um, I, again, this is a team I, I would have had faith because we, you know, if Dominic, or not Dominic Davis, if the VA was the guy going into the West uh, West finals last year, I think BC's game would have been, I mean, Rourke gives them a better chance, but I mean, I think the BC still had a chance in that game. I think VA is the guy there. I think they've given them a whole other year of, you know, training camp and everything, not coming in halfway through the season and playing for playing to replace the guy who's, you know, the second coming of Canadian Jesus in the CFL. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Like if you want to get more on Bible talk from Ryan earlier, um, but I'm okay with them. I, I knew, and like, I think, I think I said earlier too, is Rourke leaving might be that blessing in disguise. Cause otherwise you'd have to sign him half a mil plus to keep him. And VA you're getting a guy for probably half that, if not, you know, less. And it, you know, yeah, you got lost your running back. Yeah. You lost a receiver, but they still have pretty decent receiving core. Right. You know, um, I just was looking at it earlier. Rhymes, Hatcher, Whitehead, Katoy, McInnes. Now, like, that's still a pretty scary right lineup there. And, and, and you know, we're running backs. You know, that's the CFL. When there's a position open, how many Americans are going to come? Like, they're, they're going to have – each team's going to have a, be, at least 30 Americans come up that we've never heard of before. 30 Dalton Shones, you know, 30 guys. You know, how many guys in the junior football league like Andrew Harris, you know, might come into training camp this year? How many guys get cut in September – from the NFL and come up how many guys you know get cut from the USFL and XFL and say oh maybe I could go back to Canada you know there's a lot of things so I'm not too worried about BC another team we haven't really checked in or chatted about in a while is the Ottawa Red Ottawa Red Blacks so I want to take a look at them and uh, can and I ask you guys something I might have misheard but did Ryan from the Horseman did he say he's not he didn't think they did a lot I thought Ooh. I heard him Ryan, Ryan, the other Ryan said, I thought he said Ottawa didn't do that much when I was listening earlier. I mean, Ottawa hasn't been super active. Uh, the big one being Shaq Evans being brought in at wide receiver is probably one of their biggest moves of the day. Uh, you know, Drew Desjardins, that was a week or two ago. If you want to lump that in here, that's that's huge. I mean, that's a huge addition for the O-line. Taron Vaughn, some, some, you know, a good piece to add there. Uh, I do like what they've done on defense. I'll say that Cariel Brooks, great addition at defensive back. Can't believe the Thai Cats let him go after last season. Uh, Javon Santos Knox, uh, one of the top linebackers in the CFL. Michael Wakefield, some good help on the defensive line there. So they've made some moves here and there of new pieces they're bringing in. What do you guys think? Uh, based on what we've seen from Ottawa so far, they were basement dwellers in the East Division last year. Do you think they've made enough moves to, uh, you know, put a couple more wins in the category, especially at home? Yep. Just, yep. I don't know how much else to say. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I see them battling for playoffs and home field advantage and the, that so beloved home field advantage. Ottawa will be fighting for it this, uh, this fall. Mike. 
Yeah, you know, I'm kind of, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to look up anything on Rasheed Bailey here as we're talking. Uh, it's quiet. Which I, I, I actually wonder if he's talking to Winnipeg still and really won't let that door close until the very last minute. Uh, but anyway, getting back to Ottawa, um, I cannot see how Ottawa is going to be better than Toronto and Hamilton this year. I granted, I hope their quarterbacks stay healthy, but to me, there's an awful lot of questions, uh, especially on the defensive end after Anton Pernod retired. Um, you know, if there was a guy that I wish would have gotten more love for, like, defensive MVP or something, it should be Antoine Pernod. The guy literally seemingly runs through a brick wall every single game. Um, seems to get up and just keep going. He's a player that I wish we had on our team, even though we have our fair share of Anton Pernod's, I think. Um, all the best to him in retirement, by the way. Um, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, Ottawa would be fighting, I guess, to keep that crossover spot from happening. Um, now, again, the running back situation, um, yeah, it's just, there's a whole lot of unknown. Um, I mean, the running back is, uh, what is it, Williams and then supposedly West Hills. Um, yeah, that's pretty, pretty, pretty good there um, as well. But, you know, the team is, for me to kind of put a bow on this, the teams that did stuff today that we expected to do stuff did stuff today. Um, most notably, that's one. I just wonder if they're playing the lawn game in Ottawa, where it's, you know, draft and develop, draft and develop, draft and develop, draft and develop. As much as their fans don't want to hear that, this is a roster that should finally win a home game this year. Same with the one that they built in Edmonton. Um, I'm also with you, Ryan. I, I have questions about their offensive line, but Ottawa as a whole, I mean... Yeah, they lost, um, you know, their backup in Caleb Evans. But Nick Arbuckle, pretty serviceable backup. And then they retained the starter Jeremiah Mazzoli, who, when healthy, is one of the best quarterbacks in the CFL. My question is, is his, the supporting cast around him enough? And we'll find out. Arguably, the big, could one argue maybe one of the biggest offseason additions for this Red Blacks offense isn't on the field, but off the field with Kahari Jones coming in on offensive yep. coordinator, right? Like, yeah, they brought in some of these pieces, uh, but uh, we, you know, he could have a whole new offensive game plan that takes a look at it like a guy like Jackson Bennett, who's never fully been utilized by the Ticats or the Red Blacks in the run game and potentially, uh, you know, utilize him more effectively to improve things for the team there. Uh, Trey, you're our resident betting expert here on the podcast. Uh, any fun uh, made-up prop bets you want to throw out for us here, I guess, in the final half hour? Or uh, you, I know you've been hard at work. Uh, we're still a couple months away from the season, but you got some uh, you got some uh, fun set up for us for our betting content. Uh, 
this coming year? Yeah, I don't have any props off the top of my head. Um, I'm looking foolish. I had a couple dollars left in my uh, in my account a few weeks ago, and I put a Grey Cup futures bet on the Montreal Alouettes just for fun. Oh, yeah. And oh. uh, yeah, that uh, that one. If they win, I deserve triple odds. But you know, the I had an idea for our coming uh, this season. And Mike, you need to send your picks in this year, man. We got to get you in there. Um, I'm sure uh, sure Adam will like to have another co- a person that he can lose to this year. But like a true better, sometimes you uh, sometimes you're really sure about a pick. You know what I mean? And you want to triple, quadruple down on it. So I'm going to introduce our um, money ball picks or mega picks. So I think each guy or each contestant uh, should have a year, what did I say, a 10 times one, two fives, and maybe like four twos. So if you win, you do your 10 times, you get 10 wins, as if it was like a real bet, if you're really confident, instead of putting 10 bucks down, you're going to put 100. But if you lose, you get 10 losses into the loss column. And I think it should make things a little bit more interesting, especially if some of us uh, hold on to those near the end of the year. Maybe we're not so far out of the championship as uh, as it might look I like it. I, I like it. I like chaos. Uh, big fan of Mario Party myself. I feel like this makes it a little bit more Mario Party. You throw the randomness into there a little bit, but you also throw some strategy into there. I don't know Mario Party as much, but I'll, I know Mario Kart. It's like you get that bullet near the end and it just shoots you right to the front and a blue shell and you're just perfect. And, you know, maybe if Adam saved it, he could have beaten us because uh, he had a pretty hot playoffs last year, right? So if he saved some of his mega picks. He might have been near the end. And like I said, we got to get Mike in on it. I know Mike's a de- uh, degenerate gambler. He just doesn't talk about it enough, you know. <laughs> I see him around oh, the rink. He's always taking bets it. on the. He's always oh, taking bets on the hockey game, and you know he's the bookie at the at the IcePlex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone yeah, says, "Where's Mike? I need to make a bet." I'm a little bit wired. The playoffs start tonight, so why not? Oh yeah. Yeah, may have not been the best idea scheduling an eight-hour show right before that, but uh, you're 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 powering through, Mike, as you always do uh, here. Um, well, we got half an hour left in the show to wrap things up here. I got a question for you guys. I got a football question, just just for fun. Was that a hold on Sunday? Was that a defensive hold? What do you guys think? In the Super Bowl, obviously. Yeah, in the Super Bowl. Here. We're going to go real Super Bowl here. Was that a defensive hold? I'm going to say yes, because the defender himself came out in interviews after the game and said, yeah, I held him. I deserved a, a penalty. Like I saw you guys, you know, I dad duty. I didn't get a chance to, you know, catch the end of the game there uh, with the Super Bowl. But I saw you guys arguing about this when the player comes out himself and says, yeah, I held him. Like there's there's not that's the end of the conversation. Why are we debating this? Oh, my goodness. I give it to him. He he owned it. He owned it. And I I, I also felt for the Bengals play was it a Bengals player who hit Mahomes late a few weeks ago that, that got them in the loss. I give them credit, but if that 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 call was getting let go all game, all game, and then you throw it there and and I benefited. I bet KC, I'm not gonna complain about it, but I was like, ooh man, you throw that there. Eesh. And it just, because that's illegal. And for the CFL fans, hold defensive holdings, illegal contact, right? That's just, just the word change for you don't know. Same kind of penalty. That's brutal, man. Could you imagine that? And, ugh. The, my only problem is with the player coming out and saying that he's being too honest. And that is not while taking in his dressing room. No. But Did you say today, that, though, that the. Uh, 
Juju Smith Schilster, Schilster, whatever, he had a Valentine's Day card that it's, and he put the picture of that guy and said, uh, I'll hold you, I'll hold on to you forever or something. Oh, no. And then AJ Brown from the Eagles was like, What are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> that's awful, man. Like, he already said he, uh, the NFL's not, but. Quit, quit kind of fun thing, guys, but I was kind of thinking about here as we, we, uh, we wrap up today. Um, just kind of on a lighter note, kind of on a on a more serious note, but we can kind of go around the room on this one. I don't want to spend the whole last twenty minutes discussing it, but since we are kind of in the mindset of changing uh, betting segments around, and there's a lot of talk about the schedule today. Um, you know, ball not going back to Calgary. Eugene not going back to Montreal, that kind of thing. Uh, got me thinking, and maybe we can get a little bit of audi- audience engagement on this one. But if you were CFL commissioner for one day and to change one rule without the consent of the Players Association or the governors, and you could make one move, it said it's unilateral. You can make that decision anytime. Ryan, Trey, you have the power to change one thing about the CFL. It doesn't need the consent of the PA and the owners. What is it? I'll go first with the joke answer, and then Trey can weigh in, and then I'll think of an actual answer. I think dogs should be allowed on the field. Have you guys seen Airbud? Uh, he's quite the effective football player. I think a team could really use a guy like that uh, out there on the field. So uh, if if I were if I were commissioner, you know, uh, Airbud 2.0. We want to talk CFL 2.0. Airbud 2.0. Here we go. That, that's my uh, joke answer there. Uh, Trey, do you have an actual answer of what you want to change? Mike, I hate you because I got two, and now I'm trying to pick which one. Um, you just so give us two. the both. No, I got to follow the rule. He said one. I got to <laughs> oh. follow it. Now you follow the rule. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 no, I, you need more time to paint? Yeah, you go first, Mike. Okay, we're kind of tied together, so it's kind of two, but I consider it to be one. A balanced schedule, which leads to one division. See, my two, my two are both schedule related, and one was what you just said. I, I agree with that's my that's my second one that I really want a balanced schedule in one division. But I also will die on the hill. The CFL should move up a little bit their schedule. And if I and I'm debating what would be more beneficial. I guess since you said that one, Mike, I'll go with the schedule. Make kickoff May. You know what I mean? Like that whatever, you know, whatever that 30 days ahead is that is in the CBA, I would just say, screw you guys, we're doing 31 days right now, earlier. Great Wait, cup could be early, late November, guys, October. To me, guys, that makes the most sense. Because when you're in Winnipeg, let's just say the great cup hypothetically is 20 31 days earlier, you're looking at a Grey Cup that's probably the weekend of the West West semifinal, maybe a little bit earlier than that. To me, you're in much more comfortable conditions for getting people out to a football game uh, 30 days earlier on either side yeah. of this ledger. Um 
There's also the argument as well that it kind of takes away the home field element. Uh, it's CBC coming to Winnipeg here in mid-November. So uh, I kind of see both both effects. Okay. I want to go with that because there's a, there's a rule. The NFL has a rule. A Super Bowl has to be in a dome or a city that has like an average temperature of something in February, right? So that's why we never see a Super Bowl in Lambeau, Chicago, Seattle. Why not? Because they don't follow that rule. It's not a dome and it's too cold. No, that's the rule in the NFL. It's like, my, and they, and they, they, oh, they, they ignored it to have New York have it for the 50th because New York's average temperature in February was under it and they don't have a dome, but they allowed it. That's and, crazy. Yeah. That's why it's always in Arizona, Tampa, LA. No, I know. I know. I know. And I get that because what my point is to this is because I understand we have the history of like the ice bowl and the fog bowl. I get that part, but it's 2023. I would rather see a final where we have Zach Caleros and Nathan Rourke or pick your two quarterbacks, both throw for 370 yards, spectacular touchdowns, unreal catches because we're playing end of October where it's still decently weathered out. You can air it out. It's, it doesn't, I feel like the game in November changes so drastically to the game in June. And that just, I feel like I want the finals to be the football we've watched for 20 weeks. You know what I mean? And and even 22 weeks to count the playoffs, right? So that's why I'm moving up. But then I get the, oh, we need the cold game because how is it? To be honest, that's kind of why I was enamored by this year's Super Bowl more than anything. Was because it was inside and it was a controlled environment for both teams. The turf sucked, though. But other than that, yeah. I think my I think my big thing I would change if I was commissioner for a day, if I'm going to answer, you know, actually here. And it's an interesting question because, you know, if I'm the if I'm the commissioner, well, I'm trying to do things in best interest of the league teams, but I'm going to go more towards, you know, maybe I'll I'll be the CFLPA president here pushing for this. I okay. want to see fully guaranteed contracts in the CFL like we see in other leagues. Uh, you know, I want to see a guy sign. I don't want to see a guy like Ante Milanovic Litre sign one month and then released to the next uh, because uh, they've just changed their mind on something like that. I don't want to sit here and do an eight hour show, you know, on February 14th. And then by the time we get to, you know, the opening day of the season, none of these signed half these signings we've talked about don't matter anymore because the team's over the cap and now they're trying to get back underneath it and, and they're cutting guys in, in training camp based on that. Right. I, I'd like to see some consequences for the actions for a team. You know, you got to be specific with where you spend your money and you got to get it done. Uh, I would also love to see an increased salary cap so that we can keep paying these guys, you know, increasing amounts and make it a competitive league in in that category. So that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm focused on there. And then the jersey sale aspect of it too, right? I want to be able to, and I think we're trending in that direction, go out, get a name on the back of the jersey and truly believe that that guy's going to be here for a long time. Would you guys be open to like not? I'm not saying get rid of the soft cap, but lax the rules even more on it so a team could like like baseball. You know what I mean? In basketball, there's these soft teams that can and will go over can, and it doesn't really. I don't think it affects anything because you look at baseball. There's a different team winning every year. You don't need to be the 400 million dollar Dodgers, right? The teams do the Tampa Bay Rays who spend less money over 10 years than some teams do in a season still make it to deep in the playoffs. Right. So 
I, I, that's the one I would, I, I think sports is literally the most capitalist thing we've invented in the Western world. So why don't we just allow it to be, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could see that. One of the things CFL does have going for it is parody. And I know the Bombers, you know, three straight trips to great cup. Hamilton's been there a couple of times. Calgary wasn't a, a lot as well. But in terms of Grey Cup champs outside of the back-to-back for the Bombers, like there's been like most teams outside of the Ticats, like within the past decade or so, have won the Grey Cup. So if all of a sudden, you know, you lax that and teams are able to start building super teams, well, then that I don't want to see quite as much. I wonder, I, I wonder though how much the disparity actually is from the number one team to the number nine team too, right? Like, can, let's say, our, let's argument say Winnipeg's the team that could spend the most right now. Could they go way over? Who knows? Like, they already are way over. Like, you know, how much are they over? Here's another thing that I would do if given another chance. One player up to a certain dollar amount is exempt from your salary cap. Well, that's what they used to do back in the day, right? They used to make those uh, contract exceptions. That's the reason the Argos could pay Rocket Ishmael a million-dollar contract to bring him in there. So. Uh, yeah, no, these are all good things here. We're getting into the final about 15 minutes here or so on, on the, the day. Uh, I want to take a quick look and just scroll through the free agent tracker, see who the top player available at each position is uh, as we move forward from today. Uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, the biggest name still available at quarterback. What will the Argos do? Uh, what will he do? Will the Argos be able to bring him back? Are they going with Chad Kelly? That's a big question going forward here. Walter Fletcher, William Powell, the two biggest names at running back uh, that have not signed yet today on opening day of free agency. We've talked about a lot of the receivers, probably the biggest names, Darvin Adams, Darrell Walker, Markeith Ambles, Rasheed Bailey, and Kamar Jordan are your big names. Their offensive line, a number of uh, veteran players here, you know, Hunter Stewart, Colin Kelly, Dan Clark, Jamal Campbell among the top names. But uh, the free agent market at offensive line seems to be drying up at this point in time. Sean Lemon led the league with 14 sacks and is still out on the market. No deal in place there. Uh, leads the way on a number of defensive linemen still out on the board. Shockingly, Darnell Sankey, 120 tackles last year, still at the, the linebacker position. Simone Lawrence hasn't signed yet either. Seems like linebacker is one of the positions where none of the big guys necessarily have found new homes at this point. Defensive back, you got Nick Taylor, Abdul Kenny, Mike Edom, uh, Siante Evans, guys like that are who we are seeing still out on the board. And not really much left at the kicker position with Michael Domagala, the only free agent there. Tanner Dahl, Louis Philippe Barasa, the options at long snapper. Cannot forget about them. So, uh, and we're going to get into wrapping this up here shortly, but final segment here before we do that. Uh, let's put you guys on the spot with no heads up here whatsoever. It's February. Lots is going to change over the next couple of months, but what are our East and West? standings predictions in the cfl at this point on the day one of free agency after wrapping up free agent frenzy here let's start off with the east division the four teams out east uh mike give us who uh quick reactions how you think the east is going to play out this year hamilton toronto montreal ottawa so you still have montreal over ottawa you're still low on ottawa hey i i am low on ottawa just because it's early in the offseason, I like some of the sneaky things that uh, Montreal did. 
not prepared for them to hit rock bottom just yet. Trey, what about you out east? Okay, Hamilton, number one. Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal. I think Ottawa did more than people are giving them credit for. And this is a league where you can go 0-18 and go 18-0 and in the year, right? Like, So I'm not too concerned about Ottawa. I think I'm going to go Hamilton, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal myself right now. I like to put the Argos at the top, but I don't know what they're doing at quarterback right now. And I'm not sold on Chad Kelly yet. Uh, I'm not sold on Bo Levi Mitchell at this point in his career necessarily either, but I do like the pieces the Ticats have brought in. I think it'll be close, but I'll put Hamilton at the top there. Uh, Montreal, again, some good moves today. I think they still have more work to do. Uh, let's go out west here, and uh, we'll start with you on this one, Trey. We'll put you on the spot here with the west division. What do you have for your standings here out west? Calgary, BC, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Edmonton. Ooh. Yeah. A little better than 7 and 11, but they won't be much better. I don't think. <laughs> I, Mike, have at it. All right. I got it as follows Calgary, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, BC. Sorry, wait. I'm trying again. Calgary, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan. BC Edmonton. All right. I'm going to go here on the board and I'm going to say Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, BC, Saskatchewan. I I, I think Edmonton's going to surprise a lot of people this season. Chris Jones year two is always successful. I think the Bombers have brought back enough pieces for this year that they'll be Top team in the West. They've got the best quarterback. The only team without a question mark at quarterback. Uh, Calgary, I don't know. I put Calgary at number two because of their run game. But who did I have at three? I had Edmonton at three. Yeah, Calgary will find a way to get it done, probably despite losing a bunch of pieces here. So I'll put them at two. I don't know. BC, I'm a little bit lower on right now, just uh, based on some of the moves they've been made. I'm concerned about the running back position. So... Uh, and Riders, yeah, they fixed the O-line a little bit. I'm not a Trevor Harris believer uh, at his current state in his career. I think he'll do okay. I don't think it will be fantastic to turn things around for the Riders there. So when I predict the West Division, I mean, toss the names in the hat and separate them all by a win or two, but that's kind of how I see it playing out. That's why I put Winnipeg low, because I could see the West kind of looking like the East of past, like the division winner is only going to be like 10 and 8 maybe only because they play each other so freaking much you know what i mean like i think there's gonna be a lot of split series over the year you know if you're looking at these lineups right now yeah and uh this is all on paper on day one of free agency the rosters are going to change before the season starts the roster is going to change in week one when guys go down due to injury and there's going to be a lot uh lot of you know turnover uh, as things go along. And the teams that look good on paper may not gel on the field. That's a serious thing we have to consider with these teams we've talked about here as well, right? Is what is going to change out on the field and can they build the chemistry they need to there? Uh, we've got 10 minutes left in the show here until we hit the eight-hour mark. Uh, anybody got any other fun topics to uh, discuss about the CFL before we wrap things up? 
big surprise for me is the Montreal ownership situation. Uh, the more I think about this, uh, I, 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 I personally believe it was a poorly timed announcement. Uh, I made this on the day of free agency. Um, I hate to be critical of the CFL, but there had to be a better way to do this. Uh, probably long before free agency. Uh, it's very disappointing for me. Um, and, you know, my heart goes out to Cliffy. He seems so defeated. Um, seemed like they had so much momentum from the previous, you know, ownership group. And now seems to be like one big giant step back, which is unfortunate. Uh, it, it's it's unfortunate. Um, CFL needs to get out of its own way sometimes. Um, one interesting note to watch is I'm curious why it's taking so long to announce a U.S. TV deal. Um, Genius Sports is still working on it, supposedly. No, I know. Uh, <laughs> Genius Sports and TSN partnered with uh, – Specialty streams for the NFL playoffs for the brand new TSN Plus streaming service, which was interesting to see. Um, I wonder if any of that stuff is maybe coming to the CFL. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering what the holdup is with the with the uh, with the CFL US TV deal. Um, something we were told that the Great Cup was close. Uh, maybe in the next uh, few weeks we'll, we'll get some clarity on it. I'm curious. Uh, my hunch is that it'll be partially linear television along with uh, partially streaming. Uh, it, it, it'll be curious. And I'm, I'm wondering also, too, as a third thing just on my way out, curious how the XFL does on next weekend. Uh, they tip off on Saturday. Um, I'm really curious about the product. Um, and then something else that really, really excites me, and I don't know if you guys have talked about this on previous shows or not, because I haven't been here the last little while, for which I take responsibility. The return of the Arena Football League is going to be fun. That's all I'd have to say. Uh, one quick, do you have anything on that, uh, on the return of arena football or anything else Mike touched on there, Trey? I have one more thing I want to talk about before we wrap up, but if you have anything. Oh, on no, those. no, everything he said was pretty spot on. I had one thing and then he threw me off. Um, no, just go to your next thing. If I remember it, I'll bring it up. <laughs> Sounds good. Final question here before we do our final wrap up. We've seen a number of moves come in throughout the day to day across the board, different teams. What, in your opinions, is the single most impactful free agent addition that we've seen uh, reported over the last week or made official today here? Uh, I've been looking across the board, and I'm really not sure. I mean, uh, I want to say it's a guy like Eugene Lewis over in Edmonton, but uh, you know, I'm gonna. The biggest one I'm gonna say is Tim White re-signing with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I am really high on what Tim White has uh, did last season. Uh, he was one of the top receivers in the CFL, and I was very concerned about the wide receiver position for them. I know they brought in Duke Williams as well, which is a great addition there. But if they lost Tim White, I was going to be very concerned of who Bo was full in, throwing the ball to. So uh, I expected maybe he wasn't going to end up back there. They got the deal done. That's one that jumps out at the top of my head to me here. Uh, what about you guys? Who stands out as the most impactful free agent move? 
Uh, let's go to you first, Trey. Um, hmm. You said impactful. So you know what? I'm going to go from a negative impact way. Um, Cody Fajardo in Montreal. I don't like. I don't think it's going to be good there. You know, with Moss again and everything. I and I. I think it was more. I'm not saying he didn't have an old line. He didn't get the hundred percent fair shake over the last few years in Regina, but I think there's more. And I'm a bit. I lied with. I talked up Cody all off season, prior to last season, but uh, he just disappointed me. And I think there's more than just the old line wrong with his game. So I'll go negative impact on Fajardo. Mike. Um, I liked what Edmonton did today. Um, had some money to spend, brought in Eugene Lewis. My question is, who's going to play quarterback? Um, that to me, I, I know Cornelius took a big step toward the end of last year, but that, they signed Benny Testavardi Jr. Ooh, I hope he's not a one-hit wonder. But no, seriously, I like what uh, Edmonton did today with money, money to spend. Uh, I was able to catch in on the final conversations uh, with Andrew. Um, but no, I, I like what Edmonton did today with Eugene Lewis. They had some money to spend. A uh, little curious about the Duke-Williams situation. Uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense to me why he would go where he did, but there's an off-season of debate for that, I'm assuming. <laughs> yes, plenty of off-season content to come here as well uh, on the Canadian Football Countdown. Yeah, it's hard to pick a single most impactful move. I'm going to say maybe it's one of the offensive linemen Saskatchewan side, and I'll bundle them together. Peter Godber, Philip Blake. If you looked across the board in the CFL, that was the most obvious hole across all the rosters for me was O-line. And uh, bringing in those two players was an absolute must for the Riders here. Uh, any final uh, thoughts on free agent frenzy, or should I do the usual wrap-up spiel? I've been here too long, man. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> yes, let's do it. I agree. <laughs> Uh, well, this has been CFL Free Agent Frenzy 2023. We've been a lot. We've been live for eight straight hours talking through all the news and signings as they've come out. It's been a busy day. It's been a busy month uh, leading up to this uh, and preparing everything for this. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, we got a lot of great comments in the chat along the way as well. Uh, great viewership throughout. We really appreciate everybody who's tuned in with us throughout the day who's updated us on the signings as they've come in throughout the day here as well. Uh, it's been a really fun day. We enjoy putting this on every year. You know, it's uh, it's a little bit crazy to think our little podcast is the ones doing the, the most extensive live video coverage of CFL free agency. Um, but it's a pretty cool feeling to be able to do that here as well, especially that it lines up with episode number 200. So I uh, hope everybody joy, enjoyed the content here today. Stay tuned. We'll have plenty of more content to come throughout the offseason. Uh, follow us on social media, Twitter, at CF Countdown Pod. Same thing with Facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod to stay tuned for when our next show will be. I need to go into hibernation for like two weeks after this. I, yeah. Uh, so I don't know when quite the next one will be, but we will try to provide regular content throughout the offseason here as well. 
thanks to all of our guests who joined us earlier on in the show as well. You know, we had Joe from Rouge, White, and Blue with us. We had Steve from the Piffles podcast. We had uh, Daltz from Rouge Radio. We had Andrew from the Turf District. Uh, we had Ryan from uh, Horseman Radio. And then Cliffy D from the Owlets Flight Deck. Really appreciate them taking time out of their day to join us here as well. Uh, Adam also able to hop in a little bit during a busy work day earlier, you know, still contribute to the show here. And thank you so much to the two of you, Mike and Trey, for being here pretty much all day long with us. I uh, put a lot of effort, uh, a lot of time into here today. Uh, so appreciate all of that. Uh, as we get ready to wrap things up, where can people find you going forward here? Everything else you've got going on. Uh, Mike, let's start with you here. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at MikeGerl on Twitter. Uh, you can find GameTimeTV.ca for those of you watching on the GameTime TV YouTube channel. Switch on over to the main network tonight. We got playoff hockey from two Winnipeg venues coming up. The puck will drop in two and a half hours from Seven Oaks Arena to be the Admirals and the Pemina Valley Hawks in game one of the quarterfinals. And at 8.30, myself and Eric Stewart will be at the Hockey for All Center bringing you game one between the Interlake Lightning and the Winnipeg Ice. It's the best of five quarterfinals. It does not get any better than that playoff hockey in the best time of year. And I feel like playing this on on the way out. It's the most wonderful time of the year because it really is. Well said there, Mike. Uh, Trey, what about you? Where can people find what you've got coming up? Oh man, at Trey and Harness on Twitter. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just tired. I got a lot of sc- I've last semester of school. Trying to horses season is dead right now. There's no football, man. No baseball. Scotties is up. I like the Scotties. I, I got man. I'm just tired, man. Just don't tweet me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's been a long day. Boys, get some rest after this. Uh, if you enjoyed this content, uh, do us a favor. Help grow the show. You know, Share the links out on social media. Uh, go to your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a, a positive review there uh, on that one there. So, uh, uh, you know, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends. We always appreciate everything people do uh, to help us out in that category. Uh, on behalf of all of our guests today, our panel this evening, all the wonderful people joining us in the live chat, uh, thank you for tuning in to this special production of the Canadian Football Countdown, CFL Free Agent Frenzy 2023, officially in the books. Lots of free agency content to come on the podcast. Uh, thank you for taking, thank you for tuning in. Take care. Have a good one. <laughs>